And here it is, the big, explosive Real Housewives of Salt Lake City finale has finally been delivered, and boy, it did not disappoint. And there's been a lot of news that has come out since then. We have receipts that are getting dropped. We have other people joining in the fight, and even Jen Shaw clapping in from prison. Let's get into it. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, surf fresh all week long. Now, let's dive in. Welcome on in, welcome on in, welcome on in, everybody. Yes, you are getting this in the flesh. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you're missing out, but you can go to my Instagram to see. Guys, we have buried the blonde. We've officially gone back to my natural hair color. It is dark. It is a whole new vibe for a whole new era, um, and I am so fucking here for it. I was just ready. I made this decision going into 2022 that that that, that was, or sorry, 2023, going into last year. I made the decision that I was going to be ditching the blonde. At some point, I knew come June, which was my birthday, once I turned 30, which I kind of hinted. I was like, once I turn 30, I think I'm going to eventually gradually go back to my dark hair. And then just coming into the fall, you know, the closer and closer the end of the year came, the more and more excited I was. I literally did not tell anyone I was doing this except Kelly, who's the girl that's been doing my hair for the last six months. Um, Joe Mendoza says, now the carpet matches the front and back drapes. Um, It matches the back drapes. It does not fully match the front drapes because, or sorry, sorry, the drapes don't fully match the carpet because the carpet has started to gray which tmi i know but that's apparently a thing you go gray as you get older um and i did not realize that i didn't realize you get gray pubes but it's a thing and it happens um but yeah i didn't tell anybody didn't tell my mother didn't tell my closest friends didn't tell my manager so everybody was very shocked um, when I revealed it, yeah, I did it yesterday, revealed it. I've been counting down the weeks to finally do it. I've been ready for it. Um, and I'm excited. It's a new vibe. It's a new era. Let's get it. So hide your husbands. Um, okay. Let's talk about another very feisty, um, dark haired vixen. And that is Monica Garcia. So I'll, I'll give you my thoughts about the finale and do the full recap like I always do uh, this evening on YouTube. But I want to get into, I guess, some of the biggest takeaway moments from the finale and the news that has leaked since the finale has aired. So two biggest bombshells. One, Heather Gay reveals that she was protecting Jen Shaw and that Jen Shaw was the one that actually gave Heather Gay the black eye. And, you know, she was doing this to just cover up for Jen. Right. That's number one. And then number two is that um, Monica was behind this reality Von T's Instagram account that has been trolling these women. She claims that there were multiple people that ran this account. She was primarily focused on taking down Jen Shaw. She's the one that recorded those leaked videos of Jen when she was, you know, going off on her assistance and her team and whatever. So... Heather finally finds out and gets confirmation from someone that it is Monica who's behind all of this. There's this woman, Tanisha, who used to do Heather's hair, who is also behind it. She's the one that spilled the beans and revealed, you know, who Monica really is. And that's why at first when, like, there were all these DMs that Monica was getting and there was all this um, 
all this different like um, information that Monica had that she knew about the other women. Like I agree with Heather that there were definitely some moments where we didn't expect like we kind we we knew that something was off about her, but I don't think we expected that she would be the one behind these troll accounts, right? So, in reference to the black eye, Jen Shaw has now spoken. She has risen, right? She posted on her Instagram account. Or, well, we'll get into it. But it was posted to her Instagram account. Bravo. If I punched Heather in her eye, you guys would have footage to prove it. It's clear the show can't live without me since I was brought up at the beginning, middle, and end of season four. Andy is still butthurt that I turned down his one-on-one interview. Why would you sit down with someone who gave another cast member a black eye? Next story. So a few things to break down here, right? Let's just say that Jen Shaw is the one that gave Heather Gay the black eye. They don't have footage of how Heather Gay got the black eye. Producers clearly or have seemingly no idea of how it happened, which is wild, though, because Heather, I think, remember Heather had them launch a whole investigation. Heather had them, like, look into, would, could this be a producer? Like, there was a whole thing that went down with the black eye. There's no footage of how she got the black eye. There was speculation that there might be footage, but mostly the speculation was kind of being um, was kind of being fueled by Heather. Like, I think they know, they have, you know, receipts, whatever, right? Now, Jen's coming out and she's saying that there would have been footage to prove it. Well, there is no footage of how we got it, so this could very likely be true. Then she says, it's clear that the show can't live without me since I was brought up at the beginning, middle, and end of season four. One, I want to know how she's keeping up with what's going on in the show. And two, the show has lived on just fine without her. Even though she's referenced, she's not a, a main driving force or a main storyline. And then Andy is still butthurt that I turned down his one-on-one interview. She also turned down my one-on-one interview that was possibly going to happen the day before she went to prison. Um, But I sent my questions and they were denied because they were too honest. Um, So yes, she did turn down her one-on-one. Like the only interview she was willing to give were the fluff interviews where people were going to go light on her and answer her pre-approved questions. And that's not what the audience wanted, right? The The audience wanted real questions, a real conversation, real accountability. None of that came. Still hasn't come, right? So she said that Andy's butt hurt. That she turned down his one-on-one interview. And then she asks, why would you sit down with someone who gave another cast member a black eye? Next story. Andy didn't know that Jen gave her the black eye. There was speculation around it, but they never had confirmation of Jen giving Heather the black eye. Why? Because nobody but Heather knew that she had a black eye because the footage never existed. Again, they investigated this and apparently came up with nothing because Heather says she didn't remember how she got the black eye. Now, at first, she she was telling people and people around her were spreading the story that she ran into a cabinet or a faucet or something in the bathroom, but they couldn't talk about that because there was a clause in their contract with the Airbnb that, like, they couldn't disparagely say anything negative about the property. I don't know. All I know is it would be likely that Jen Shaw did give her the black eye. And that's why her and Jen did the whole, you know, scene the next morning where they're like, come in and Jen, I'll look shocked. And we'll try to piece this together and try to figure out how this happened. Like Jen's very much always trying to think three steps ahead. Right. Jen's always trying to stay ahead of the curve. She's a con artist. This is what she does. This is her literal like 
sweet spot. This is her comfort zone. Conning people is where she feels at home. It's where she feels safe. It's her safe space. Um, but so, yeah. So this is what gets posted. And it's a, there's also an emoji of Jen Shaw that was posted at the end. It was posted to the real Jen Shaw's Instagram story, which I have a screenshot of that I took from Bravo Babe because Jen Shaw has me blocked on Instagram. But that said... <clears throat> The question has now become, how is Jen Shaw able to post about anything? How is she able to watch the show and how is she able to post from prison, right? Well, Bravo Docket, great resource for all things legal, reminded us that Jen Shaw is not allowed to post from prison. So she's... uh, explicitly like banned from posting on social media. So the prisoner handbook for the FPC Bryan facility, which is the the prison facility that she's at in Bryan, Texas, which is the facility that she's in explicitly prohibits inmates from having access to the internet. And then it outlines the clause at no time do inmates have any access to the internet. Um, but then there was a comment from, February of last year, from about a little less than a year ago, that says, while Jen is away, that was posted on her Instagram account, that says, while Jen is away, an administrator will be running her accounts to keep the Shaw squad updated. Thanks for your ongoing love and support. So it's likely that Jen had communication with someone. Um, Maybe they got wind that there was some speculation that might come up that Heather might accuse her or might, you know, this information might come out. Or Jen could have known this from the beginning and had this statement pre-planned and ready to go as soon as this information came out of like, listen, Heather's going to accuse me of giving her the black eye. So let's just have this on ice because it would have, I mean, again, I don't know how prison visits work or how prison calls work, but I would assume it wouldn't be very easy to just watch the show, get on the phone, say, Hey, here's my statement. Post this to my Instagram. I don't think Jen Shaw is posting these things directly, but she's clearly, you know, she clearly told somebody to share that statement. Um, whether it's Coach Shaw, whether it's her manager, whether it's her attorney. Did she ever pay them? I don't know. But whoever it is, they post on her behalf. Um, you know, as we learned from Todd Chrisley, he says that, you know, prisons are so terrible that when he sends an email, it takes five days to get to Julie because apparently it's going to be a pigeon. So I'm assuming they have TV in prison and phone time. Yes, I know that, Amy. But I'm just saying the timing of it, of... You know, she's in Bryan, Texas. I, do, does that mean they have the East Coast feed and they just happen to have Bravo on and she watched and then immediately got on the phone and called up her assistant? Like, it just seemed like this was a little pre-planned because the statement came out before it even aired here on the West Coast. Before I got to see it, Jen released her statement. So I'm thinking maybe they had already had this banked on ice and ready to go. So she's prohibited from having access to the Internet while in prison, but she's not necessarily prohibited from posting on social media. So, yeah, she's clearly in communication with someone. But, bada boom, bada bang. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. 
Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at hashtagrenew.com. Chang, chang, chang. Chang, chang, chang. Chang, chang. Chang, chang, chang. So that's the update on Jen Shaw. That's her reaction to Heather Gay. I don't think Heather has said anything. Apparently the reunion's supposed to be really crazy and outlandish. Um, another bit of a legal update for everybody. This came yesterday as well. Um, Tom Girardi has been found competent to stand trial and he will be moving forward. His trial will be moving forward. So originally, remember, they were doing a competency hearing that's been going on over the past few months um, here in downtown L.A., where a judge had to determine whether or not Tom Girardi was mentally fit to, to stand trial and to possibly be called up to the stand as they were going to review all, all well, not all of the uh, allegations, but there were at least, I think, five counts of wire fraud here in California, right? It was five, right? Yeah, five counts of wire fraud that he was charged with here in California. This does not uh, have any relation to the counts that he was charged with over in Illinois. But so his legal team was fighting that he's not of sound mind. He, you know, he doesn't have the full competency to understand what's going on. So legally, they wouldn't be able to try him because he was not of sound mind. So his legal team was fighting to just keep him in the old folks home, keep him there for now and just let this go and not have him face any charges. Well, they did the competency hearing. They had multiple expert witnesses come out and, you know, evaluate him, do some tests and see, is he actually fit? Both sides, prosecution and defense, got to plead their case in front of a judge, and then a judge finally made a decision, and the judge found that Tom Girardi is competent to stand trial, so it will be moving forward, and he is facing up to 20 years behind bars. I don't think he has 20 years. He's maybe got a good two years left, but he might be going, he might be locked up, they won't let him out. Locked up, they won't let him out. So... According to the Bravo docket, the charges concern five of Tom's clients and alleges that he engaged in a fraudulent scheme whereby Tom negotiated settlements on behalf of clients, but then allegedly concealed the settlements, true terms, and lied about the uh, disposition of the settlement proceeds. The order is presented under seal. We will not know the court's reasoning for concluding his competent uh for concluding, he is competent until next week. Yeah. So they were filed under seal. We don't know what information uh, the judge used to determine that he was fit to, to move forward with the trial. But we'll see what happens. I mean, this is going to be an interesting, interesting trial. Erica has not been brought into it. It's really only Tom Girardi that's going down for this. We also have Chris Camone, who's the bookkeeper, who became the CFO, who's been a Girardi keys for many, many years. He's also been dragged into this. There's um, Keith Griffin that I don't believe has been dragged into it yet, but David Lira, Tom Girardi's son-in-law, who was also an attorney there, he's been dragged into this. So it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, we'll see what happens, but we'll get some more information hopefully by next week and see when the trial will be beginning. But that's going to be another like Gwyneth Paltrow trial that we're all going to be watching. Another Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial that we're all going to be anxiously watching. I hope we get to live stream it. We'll have popcorn. We'll have wine. And we'll just watch this all unfold. It does feel kind of weird because it's kind of like this is still like a human being and a person. And it feels weird like relishing in his demise. But at the same time, you just look at all the people that were hurt by him. I mean, the good thing is a lot of his wrongs are now being corrected, right? 
assets are being liquidated, people are getting their settlements, people are being paid off. Um, like the orphans and widows. Everyone wants to keep bringing up the orphans and widows. Everyone was like, oh, when Denise was fighting with Erica, she should have brought up the orphans and the widows, the orphans and the widows. And I'm like, guys, that case has been, for the most part, settled. The orphans and widows have received their money. It was only $2 million, which is tiny in comparison to the $50 million that he's been accused of embezzling. Um, but that has been covered. That's one of the more recent cases. Like there are still a lot of other cases. I think like the Rui Gomez family, there was what, an 10 or 11 million outstanding balance that were owed. Um, I believe payments have begun being dispersed from there uh, or, you know, since they started liquidating everything. So things are being taken care of. The trustee is handling things they're handling and trying to settle the lawsuits. So this is all happening. This is all unfolding. We'll see where it goes. But that was just a quick Girardi update. I'll keep you posted as soon as I get more information. Um, what else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, let's let's talk Monica. So, Tanisha, Tanisha, and uh, M- uh, Murillo, Murillo. I'm, I hope I'm not pronouncing that incorrectly. Uh, Murillo Bueno, who is Jen Shaw's assistant. So they have both spoken out since the finale aired. Tanisha is coming out saying that Monica is lying about her involvement in the Von Tease account, right? Um, Reality Von Tease. She says that Monica had a bigger involvement in it. Yes, there were more people. I believe there were four people a part of that account that was trolling all the women. It was predominantly Jen Shaw. So I do believe Monica when she says that her main focus was Jen Shaw and she didn't really care about the other women. Though I do think Monica is a bit of a social media troll and probably, you know, engaged and did whatever. Um, that said, uh, well, let's, let's read, let's go through what... Marilo, Marilo, Marilo has said about um about everything. So he posted, he said, just just got sent these gems. I think it was all fake. If I didn't know everyone personally, it's the stocking for me. It's the cultural appreciation with the hijab for me. Like for what? Was it worth it? Truly scary behavior. He's referencing Monica. Um, he has like a, a clip of her wearing a hijab he has a clip of her from the reunion so he's basically saying she's crazy monica garcia is crazy in the real world it's a crime but in bravo land they will bring them in and sit them right next to sit them right next to you and he posted a screenshot that says what do you do if someone keeps driving by your house i want to know more about this driving by the house thing because they're all accusing monica of doing drive by which first of all where i'm from a drive by has shots fired right in school when I was growing up and they're like, oh my God, it's a drive-by. Everybody get down. Like we would drop under, we would drop to the floor and, and, and you know, <laughs> bullets came our way. I just, drive-by means something different where I'm from. I'll just say that. Um, but so apparently Monica was doing drive-bys and she was driving by these people's houses. I don't know for what, I don't know why, um, but he's claiming and he shared, you know, a uh, a screenshot of his Google search uh, and the answer is, have you filed a police report? This would be one step to protect yourself in your home if someone keeps driving by your home. I want you to be safe. Stalking is a crime. Police can take a report, patrol around your home a bit more, and if they catch the person, charge them. Then we have a um, 
a tweet from Meredith Marks. And Meredith says, I found out about the security footage at MMPC shortly before the trip. Perhaps now you understand why I was staying calm and quiet, trying to piece together the puzzle as accusations were flying. And then uh, Marilo responds and he says, can you please clear up your followers the fake accusation made against me this day of the footage you are speaking of? I can only be dragged for so long for something I didn't do. And you know I did not do it because you have apologized, please. And so we do we did see the footage, right, of Monica. She's at Jen Shaw's store. And so there was, I remember hearing about this when it first kind of was going around on social media about Jen Shaw and her friends coming into Meredith's store and then there was a purse that one of them grabbed and then they left and it was like oops it was an accident we didn't mean to steal the purse or we thought that we were allowed to take anything from Meredith's store because Meredith you know likes us or whatever I don't know um but that was the clip that we saw in the finale of Monica she was there she had the blonde hair she um has clearly been to Meredith's store which is interesting because then we saw they did the flashback of Monica at Meredith's store and Monica's like, Oh my God, this is so cute. I've never been here before. And so it was so many of these things that now I get why the women were like trying to piece everything together because it's just, it's weird. It's creepy. Like, Again, I want to know more about the driving past the houses. I'm assuming we'll get more of that at the reunion. They said that at the reunion is when a lot more information is going to come out. We see Monica. She has the burn book, which I'm assuming is going to be her attempt at dragging everybody else um, let's see. And then there are two more things that were posted. Um, Marilo said, I'm just mind boggled at what I just watched, but now I'm thinking about it. There was a time I was hanging some new curtains at the Shaw's and saw someone drive by that looked like a brunette Monica, a version I never met. Didn't think much of it should have. I want to know more about what these drive-bys are. Come on, from drive-by, you got you duck, you duck and cover. Um, and then we see him respond again to Bywig Hello Drama on Instagram, and Bywig Hello Drama shout out uh, wrote Monica was in the store when Jen Shaw's assistant or someone from her team stole the clutch from Meredith Marks. And then Marilo says, "Can I just clarify that I did not steal the clutch from Meredith Marks? Tired of this false narrative." So it seems. I mean, it looks like in this security footage, though, it does look like Monica's holding a clutch in her hand. If you kind of really like zoom in and look at her right hand, this is when she was blonde. I don't know if she was actually blonde or that looks like a wig. Even though the security footage is really fuzzy, that looks like a wig. But she had a mask on and blonde hair. So it looks like she does have alter egos. And we find out that with Beauty Lab and Laser, that was another piece. But that was like a teeny little fraction of what they found out. That Monica had multiple names that she was registered under Beauty Lab and Laser. Um, and she one of those accounts, not all of them, because there were three different ones, Heather said. One of them um, had an unpaid tab, which we now know is for $2,000. So that's a lot of information. We find out that Monica has multiple aliases at Beauty Lab and Laser and hasn't been paying all of her bills. We find out that she was in the store the day one of Meredith's clutches goes missing. She was with Jen Shaw. I believe the clutch, oh, I'm going off of memory, but I believe the clutch was either returned or was paid for after the fact. And Jen was like, I was not the one that took it. Jen very much, you know, made it clear that she did not steal the clutch. I don't know if anybody else remembers what that resolution was, but I remember the clutch situation was taken care of. Um, 
And then this assistant, he's making it clear that he did not take it. So who else was in the store? It was Jen, it was Monica, and it was the assistant. So he's pretty much implying that Monica is the one that stole the clutch, which I don't know. It's just strange, right, to think. I think I understand the women being upset to the degree that they were upset because, like, it's the level of deception, right? It's Monica going into Meredith's store and telling her that she's never been there before when she clearly had been there before when there was already an incident of, you know, theft. And then and Monica was present for that. Weird. Then it's the Heather Gay in the beauty lab and having multiple different accounts, multiple different names, and not paying off your tab. And now Monica's countersuing. So, which we didn't know at the time of Bermuda because Bermuda was what, in May? We didn't know that. Or was it March? Something, one of the months with an M. I believe it was May. No, it had to have been March. Had to have been March. Because May is when Beverly Hills wrapped. And Beverly Hills is just airing now. Um, And Salt Lake's way ahead of it. Um, So, yeah, to me, it's just interesting. Um, So many questions. So I get why they're upset. Like, Lisa and Whitney are upset because of this Von T's account was posting things about their family and posting rumors. If you look at the account, the account is very much like a hard Jen Shaw, you know, takedown account. It was a lot, like most of it was uh, primarily focused on Jen Shaw rather than it was the other women. Unless they were like, it looked like the things about the other women were in like the stories, the Instagram stories that were posted about them. And there were all these lies, these rumors and lies that were going on. But it's kind of crazy. Now, There are people that are defending Monica, and then there are people that are like, Monica. I, I believe Monica when she says that she only was in it to take down Jen Shaw. I believe that. I believe Tanisha, the former assistant, she's also spoken out and she did a video and she's like, I have receipts and I have more timelines. And Monica's lying about what she's saying. That said, I think I do believe that there were there were four people that were supposedly behind the account. One of them was Koa, the former assistant that was yelled at in the video that was leaked from the Vontees account. There was Monica, there was Tanisha, and then there's one more mystery person that I don't believe has been unmasked as of yet. And I believe the names were bleeped out. We heard them because when Monica was yelling at Heather about everything, they did blur out the names. Um, so I believe Monica when she says, I wasn't the only one and I wasn't the lead on the account. I don't believe that Monica was the lead. I actually kind of believe personally, just my own personal um, theory or opinion is that I think that it was probably Tanisha. I think she was running the account. I think they were all in on it. I think Monica probably loved, you know, the, the... she was more of the investigator. She loved digging up the tea. She loved investigating people. She loved being able to you know, expose Jen because they all hated Jen so much, which fine. If that's what you want to do and you think that Jen's a terrible person and you want to expose her for being a bad boss, whatever, that's your prerogative. But when other people get pulled into it and not only other people are getting pulled into it, right, but then you go and are like befriending these other people and you're lying to their faces. And even at the end of the finale, when Monica's walking away and she's just like, there's more information, but I can't reveal it. And these women just aren't ready to hear for it. But they're all like, there's like, it was just weird. Like there was no like real accountability. She didn't seem to really be bothered by any of it. She was kind of just like, 
like she had no shame in it, but it's like you literally conned these women. I get why they're upset with you. Now, people are upset that the women are more angry at Monica than they were at Jen Shaw. And Jen Shaw is the one that actually committed these crimes against these elderly people and took advantage and isn't locked up in prison. If the accusations against Monica are true, then she has also committed crimes, not to the level of, of deception or deceit or, you know, insidious nature of what Jen Shaw was doing. Um, but, you know, Monica did also break the law. Yes. I think the difference between Jen Shaw and Monica is, I mean, I do feel like there is a double standard, though, when you really think about it, because it's like Jen also deceived them. Jen also lied to them. And then Jen went to prison for committing, you know, these crimes that she was so adamant that she didn't commit. But I get these women being like, okay, we already did this. We did this with Jen. She deceived us. It was awful. We hate her. We're done with this, right? We don't want to go through this again, especially with somebody that can be so cruel as to... Like post things about our families and spread rumors about us and out our families. It was unclear whether the things that were being posted were, well, Lisa Barlow claims that the things that were posted about her were lies. But the other women didn't really say like, they said that they were harassed and that there were things that were being exposed about them. But I don't remember any of them saying that the things were not true. So uncertain what was true and what wasn't true. But yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting cuckoo crazy um i just think like when you have somebody as unhinged as jen sean you go through that experience already i understand these women then being like okay we we don't want to deal with another crazy unhinged person we don't want to be around that you know but if you look at it from a television entertainment perspective this was a great fucking finale and monica delivered and monica carried this season all the way through and was you know ruthless and toothless and going so hard and just she knew she was going to get caught and she kind of says that like she's like I knew this was going to come out at some point so it's like if you knew that this was going to come out why didn't you just come out with it and tell these women hey I need to be honest and I need to come clean about something there's this account that I was a part of because it's just like you know I don't know I'll get into it more in the the Salt Lake City recap that I'm going to do on YouTube this evening so stay tuned for that i'll make sure that or make sure you turn your notifications on so you get the heads up when it's about to come out but yeah so many people in the live chat are, are shooketh about my my hair my dark hair it's the you know dark horse the stallion the stallion has risen you guys some people are shooketh by it some people are loving it listen it was just time i was ready to say goodbye to the blonde. The blonde carried me for a good six years, right? The six years that like I really built the podcast and I had the podcast for eight going on nine years. And, you know, my hair carried me through that. I think I hated my dark hair mainly because I didn't like the person that I was when my hair was originally dark. I just didn't like that version of me. I wasn't confident. I was struggling. I had, you know, was battling with my eating disorders. And so, there was just a lot going on um, with me that just didn't make me feel happy or fulfilled in my own life. And I think going blonde was kind of like my fuck you middle finger of like, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to go blonde and I'm going to make sure you can't miss me. And then I did it. I found that confidence. I, you know, went through a lot in those last six years. And now I just feel like, okay, I'm ready to kind of re-embrace my dark hair, have a little more 
be a little more settled, have a little bit more of a classic look versus a, you know, look at me look. But I think, you know, I think it, again, I needed it to kind of differentiate myself in the marketplace. I wanted to make sure I kind of got noticed. And now it was time to let go of the shield of the blonde hair, let go of the armor, and just now embrace my natural color and embrace me. It's not because the guy in the cheetah print boots trying to come for you. No, I actually, like I said, I said, going into 2023, I had made the decision to go dark. It was just a matter of when. I knew once I turned 30, it was going to be time and I was going to have to pull the plug at some point. Um, and then the last time I bleached my hair, which was in October, I was like, okay, I don't want to do another bleach. Like, it's just, it's a seven hour process and it's just a lot. And then the maintenance is a lot. And now that I'm working out every day, you know, it's, the maintenance is even more challenging. And so I was just like, I, I can't do it. And I don't want to do it. And I also had this moment of like, people were now starting to tell me how like iconic the blonde was on me and how the blonde, like I was just blonde. And when I would say, yeah, I'm naturally platinum blonde. And when I was taking full ownership and saying the blonde is the brand, that was okay when I was saying it. But then when other people started saying that to me, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I don't want my hair to define me. I fucking define me. And I'm proud of the person that I am. And the person that I am is not a hair color. You know, it's not a, it's not hair. You know, I'm so much more than that. And so now <sighs> I'm ready to just embrace, embrace this bad bitch. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Dark hair looks great. Either way, you're handsome. See, those are the nice comments when people are like, you can pull off either color. You look great with either color. It's a little annoying when people are like, oh my God, this is so much better. It's like, that's not a nice thing to say, guys. <laughs> that's not a nice thing to say. You know. Um, Amy said, your confidence has really grown this, this past year and now your hair matches the confidence. You should be proud of yourself and your confidence. Yes, the hair is me. You know, my dark hair is me. That's my natural color. And I was running from that because I was running from who I was. And now I like who I am. I'm proud of who I am. I appreciate who I am and what I've been through and the person that got me here. And listen, the blonde is what I needed to get through that. It was the armor that I needed to get through some of the shit that I was going through over the past several years. And it was very pivotal in building my career, right? It differentiated me from a lot of people on YouTube, a lot of people in the podcast space. It made me noticeable. It made me memorable, you know? And now it did its job. It served its purpose. I will appreciate it for what it did. And now it's time to, to move on. Be proud, and the hair is just the added bonus. I know that's right. You are now our own Jack from Will and Grace, but with an actual career. No, baby, I'm Zach Peter, okay? I don't need to be compared to any other gay out there. I'm me, and I'm the best version of me, and there will not be another me. But thank you. Um, did Sky and Sally react when they seen the new hair? No, they didn't actually. They can't be bothered. They really couldn't be bothered. I mean, I, I dogs don't care about looks. They care about like the smell, and they smelled me, so they were all up, all up in the cooch, just being like, <laughs> making sure it was still me. And I was like, "Yep, still smells like me." Oh, all right. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. The dark hair will kind of fade. It's like really dark right now. It will start to fade. I can't wait till like all of the 
dyed blonde hair like kind of fully grows out because right now a lot of the ends are still the blonde that have been filled in. Um, But eventually I can't wait for like it to be like the sides are all my full hair with a little bit of like color on top of my natural hair. Um, But like even just feeling the texture of my natural hair, like I missed this. Oh, it's so different. My scalp is going to be so much healthier. I literally cannot wait. But I can't wait till like all the blonde is fully grown out and then it's all just my natural hair color or just my natural hair. I'm excited. All right. Um, <laughs> Sinister Girls. No, I didn't. Um, I wasn't trying to be shady with the Jack comment. I know you were just, you were paying me a compliment um, with the, the, the Will and Grace Jack comment. And I appreciate that, my dear. Um, my hips, uh, yeah, everyone's like, how's your hip? How's your hip? How's my hip's still broken. Hip flexor is still stretched. You know, it doesn't, has not healed much in the past 24 hours. It will take time to recover. Um, but I did go to the gym. To, I didn't go to Orange Theory, which I'm sad about. But I went to the gym here in my building and I just did weights, upper body workouts. Boom, boom, boom. And, and a little bit of stretches just to make sure I keep my hips mobile. Um, I got a, a gun, the, oh shit, not a, not a bang, bang gun, but a, a muscle gun. The, the the ones that like punch and beat your muscles. I did that. That was very helpful. I will say that. That helped a lot. Um, but I did try to go to the gym this morning and at least do a little bit of upper weights and just do a little really light walking just to like, you know, keep my body moving. Movement is important. So very, very light. <sighs> all right. Are you going to get a new podcast photo? I guess I have to do all new branding now. You know, I guess I have to do all new branding. Um, Zach, does your hip flexor energy, does your hip flexor energy you think would impact your thrusting when meeting your next dates with the Midwestern hunks? Listen, the Midwestern boys, I, I don't think I gave you guys an update on my dates from last week. The Midwestern boys know how to do it. I went on two dates last week, Wednesday and Thursday, with two boys from Michigan, and I was kind of here for it. I was like, ooh, give me these cornbread men. These men were like, Oh, I hate LA guys. And I didn't realize how much I hated LA guys until you go out with some good Midwestern boys, some good meat and taters guys, you know, who, who are just like, you know, they got some grit to them, but like, they're also just really kind. They have manners. They wear shirts with collars. They wear shoes that aren't, you know, overpriced sneakers. They act like they made an effort to look nice rather than making an effort to look sloppy and look like they don't care. So yeah, shout out to Michigan because Michigan did not disappoint. But yes, I'm going to have to do all new branding. I'm probably going to do new cover art. I told you guys, I didn't tell anybody that I was going dark. My manager didn't know. Producer Scott didn't know. Producer Scott like sent me all caps. He's like, what? You went back to your dark hair. I was like, surprise, bitch. Um, yeah, my mom was shocked when she saw me last night. Like, everybody has shook it. So there was no plan to do any new anything. But I guess now we have to make a plan to do new everything. Here we go. All right, guys. Um, I love you. I appreciate you. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your hump day, Wednesday. Um, I will have another episode on Thursday, but I will not be doing a members only on Thursday night. So there won't be a bonus Friday episode, but I'll make sure we make up for that moving forward. Um, just because I'm taking my family vacation this weekend. So I will be out of town from Thursday to Sunday. I'll be with my family and the pups are coming too. So yeah, I won't be here to tape that. And I'm not taking my podcast equipment. I'm enjoying my time with my family. So 
maybe we'll do it when we when I come back. Maybe we'll do a members only on Sunday. I'll keep you guys posted. So just stay tuned, stay posted. You can always follow me at Just Plain Zach all over the internet. Follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram and catch new episodes of No Filter with Zach Peter every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Bonus episodes drop on Friday for No Filter Plus members if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. And if you are, be sure to leave me a nice Apple Podcast review. Five stars, baby. Let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Let me know what your favorite interviews have been, your favorite episodes have been, your favorite topics have been. Let me know. And yeah, love you guys. Keep out of the trouble on your family vacay. I'll try, but I can't make any promises, Joe. All right, bye guys. Ciao for now. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.